Hello, my name is JJ Holly, and I'm president and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. So welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. Today we have a special episode focused on our current health, our current health systems and, and COVID. And I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Mr. Justin Kendrick with Memorial Herman the Woodlands. Thanks. It's great so, to be here with you. Well, yep. thank you for yep. taking the time. I finally get out. to be on one of these shows. So. Congratulations <laughs> and welcome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you've made the made the big time now. <laughs> thank You're right you. Between yes. the trees. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for being here, and uh, we're here to talk about a really mm. serious subject. Uh, COVID is kind of rearing its ugly head again. So what, where are we at with the latest numbers, and what are you seeing? Yeah, well, again, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to spend some time here uh, with you all, and, and I think it's really important uh, that we start sharing with the general public and with the, our communities that we all live and work and play in and such really what's going on because uh, things are happening so fast right now and faster than a lot of people really anticipated. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I kind of went off for a summer vacation earlier, you know, in July and, and uh, yeah. things f felt very settled. Within a week of my return, uh, we had certainly started to see an, a big uptick, a pretty significant yeah. uptick uh, with our COVID uh, population census coming into the hospitals. Uh, and really, ever since last week, we've just seen tremendous upticks further. In fact, uh, I know that on the front page of the Chronicle, mm -hmm. there was even to, uh, in today's paper, there was a story dedicated to what we're seeing right now. And so, again, I think you know we've we've always uh, worked so well together in this community. Yeah for the betterment of this community. And I think it's certainly our, uh, our responsibility to educate everybody. So, you know, just a, a little context and such of what we're seeing right now. Um, in our previous surges that we experienced throughout this pandemic, you know, we were seeing in the neighborhood of just the Memorial Hermann Health System uh, around mm -hmm. a thousand patients, COVID positive patients, um, mm -hmm. uh, spread out amongst the city and such. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what, where we are really at now after this latest pop, uh, is we're almost at 70% of that, uh, mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the scary part uh, about that is, you know, we're, we're certainly seeing a, a, a shift in, who is testing uh, positive for COVID and requiring hospitalization. And really where this is all going is that uh, this is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated individuals um, that are requiring hospitalization. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean that vaccinated individuals, that the Delta variant that we've all been hearing about and such isn't finding its way in, but, but the vaccine is doing its job. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, keeping people out of the hospitals. It's being it's uh, mm -hmm. keeping people in a position to help manage their symptoms and such uh, at home mm -hmm. uh, and and not really face that severe uh, reaction and such. Uh, and so right now we've been uh, tracking a lot of our well, our patient population really through the end of fe uh, since February or earlier mm -hmm. this year. And ninety nine <clears throat> over ninety nine percent of our COVID pop. COVID positive populations that are admitted to our hospitals are unvaccinated individuals. Now with this- Say, say, say that again. Over 99%. Yeah. yeah. 99% are not vaccinated. Correct. That are in your hospital right now with COVID. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you know, the other element that's uh, really shifting mm -hmm. uh, is uh, there's really been this belief as, as we've gone through this past year and a half that this is a disease more of the um, older population. Yes. And what we've seen within that same segment uh, of our COVID population of our, um, right now is a significant decrease in the ages of those individuals, where now 
64, 65% of those that are hospitalized mm -hmm. with COVID are actually below the ages of 49. Mm -hmm. So it's us, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm almost 40. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's, it's just hitting a lot earlier, uh, a lot younger individuals than, than maybe what it did before. And, and before, a lot of the story was around comorbidities, and we still have that element of this. Yeah. But now what we're seeing, I'm, I'm hearing, is that you're getting the 20s and 30-year-olds that are really healthy. Yeah. I mean, it might be a triathlete or something. Yeah. So but that's, COVID can absolutely. affect all of us in different ways. I might be asymptomatic. But you might get it and wind up on uh, on a ventilator, and we're both reasonably healthy. Right. It's it's kind of fascinating how that works, that, mm -hmm. and that's one of the questions I get all the time. And it might be from a you know twenty year old, thirty year old, forty year old. Right. I'm a fit, healthy. Yes. You said you know Iron Man and such. Um, uh, I'll be okay if I get it anyways. Mm -hmm. And you know what we're seeing is that you're just kind of uh, just kind of playing with fire, leaving it up to chance with that. Yeah. Um, but if you're a vaccinated individual who's fit and healthy, mm -hmm. um, chances are you're probably going to be a lot better well, off. And the other yeah. key to that is, um, and especially if you, you know, just kind of staying with that vein of, of the young athlete yeah. that you wouldn't expect to get sick and really be severely sick to get yeah. ventilated. But there's also, there can be some long-term unrecoverable effects, even right. if you're young and healthy and you get, uh, get COVID. Right. And, and that's the scary part. You know, I'll, I'll you know, just talk personally and, and such. Mm -hmm. If I think about, you know, my own kids, I mean, I've got a nine, seven and five year old and yeah. they're getting ready to start school next Wednesday mm -hmm. um, or myself or my wife. You know, we know that um, the <clears throat> we, we, we've got a lot of data points uh, at this point in time yep. with how many people throughout the world have had covid. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of data points with people who have been vaccinated, who have participated mm -hmm. in the trials mm -hmm. and such. And that, that long-term unknown uh, element, you know, mm -hmm. we've you know, seen reports that talk about 20%, 25% are already facing, you know, long-term health issues uh, that have received COVID and, and different dynamics, maybe mm -hmm. not even hospitalized or something. Yeah. We're seeing that in our, in our pediatric population also. And, and that's probably an element that uh, needs further discussion also, that this mm -hmm. Delta variant is really hitting, starting to hit hard with our kids. Yeah. Um, are, which is concerning because which like is concerning, said, going right? Back to school, mm -hmm. going back to school ne next uh, next week and such. And yeah. you know, recently the CDC um, basically equated um, how transmissible, how contagious mm -hmm. um, the Delta variant is to chickenpox. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you remember if you had chickenpox or whatever, but I feel like. Uh, when I was growing up and having chicken pox, it's like one kid in the class got chicken pox and pretty much everybody ended up getting chicken pox and such. And, and that's so right. that's really kind of where they're equating it to. And um, so super cognizant, super mm -hmm. um, uh, concerned as mm -hmm. we start going into the school year, especially as we have you know, more relaxed safety protocols in place as we're all been trying to figure out how we get on with life. Everybody's such. anxious to get past this chapter of their life. Sure, sure. I mean, every, um, you know, wearing a mask, I mean, I, I'm a little hot right now, yeah. you know, yeah. um, underneath here and uh, maybe a little bit more comfortable without a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a vaccinated individual, but mm -hmm. I also think about, you know, what's my... Uh, I want to do everything I can to protect myself, but I also want to do everything I can to protect, you know, you as yeah. we're sitting here also. Yeah. Um, cause I would really, uh, hate 
for myself to be mm -hmm. carrying mm -hmm. the disease uh, and be able to uh, transmit it to you mm -hmm. unintentionally. So, and that's what's so insidious about this is you could be a carrier and be asymptomatic. Sure. And I could catch it and I could wind up uh, in the hospital on a, on a ventilator with a long-term you know, damage, yeah. even though, you know, we say that the number of 99 and a half percent or whatever recover. Yeah. Um, yeah. The issue is really, uh, to me, it's two things. It's the pressure on the hospital system. Sure. And then it's the, like you said earlier, playing with fire with what your long-term effects might be. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a question I get all the time too is, hey, I'm vaccinated. Do I need to wear a mask? Mm -hmm. I just kind of walked you through, you know, yeah. that my own thought process with that, but especially with how contagious the Delta variant is right now. And, and then I think about our kids too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, RSV is starting to pop. Uh, we're starting to be uh, starting to see that pop like we haven't all, seen it. In all those a while. normal things, too. All those are, normal things, right? As, mm -hmm. as the safety protocols start to be relaxed yeah. uh, a bit, um, those things are starting to come back. And, and so when you when you add in the elements um, that the you know our healthcare mm -hmm. delivery systems, mm -hmm. not just Memorial Hermann, right, but all of our hospitals and and how fortunate and blessed we are up in this area to have the resources that we have. But Very. But when you start adding um, the COVID population, the mm -hmm. spikes in COVID, along with other things, yeah. such as RSV with kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, we would say, thank goodness uh, we didn't have much of a flu season last year. Exactly. Because if we would have tag-teamed flu with COVID, mm -hmm. uh, really talking about um, some pretty dire situations, kind of like yeah. what the, the the front page of the Chronicle was talking about yeah. a little bit today too. So. Well, and uh, I, I want to pay special attention uh, to your staff, uh, your hospitals, uh, your nurses, your therapists, your uh, all of your all of your doctors that are uh, have gone through uh, you know through a horrible you know stressful time really, and and now they're looking at oh my gosh, here it comes again. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of been a sucker punch. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with uh, one of our critical care physicians. He's mm -hmm. one of our uh, leaders in our ICU, taking mm -hmm. care of those you know, sickest of the sick and such. And he, um, he asked me if I watched monster movies. I told him that I didn't, but I could grasp the concept pretty quickly. Yeah. And he said, you know, it's like we're in a monster movie. Um, We've slayed the monster, yeah. and then you realize that there's still 20 minutes left in the movie. That's right. And so something Here else comes is Freddy all over again. Something is about to or happen. Jason. Yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate your your sentiments and such. It's there. Here it is. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, everybody got into this business to help people, yep. right? So, so it's, it's a privilege and an honor, right, to help people. Yep. Uh, it's tough when you know the golden ticket mm -hmm. out of, the, out of uh, this situation. Yep. And so, you know, our job becomes taking care of our staff yep. uh, as much as we possibly can. Um, supporting them, supporting their families, supporting mm -hmm. their, uh, their, their, uh, their support networks yep. and such, uh, around this time. And nobody's in this alone. They, yep. they, uh, they are amazingly resilient. Yep. They are amazingly resilient. And, 
And so, yeah, we're, uh, we'll figure, we'll figure out our way, um, through this and such. Uh, but again, I think it's, it's, you know, part of my responsibility to be sitting here talking with you too and, uh, trying to, to get the levels of awareness out there as well as like, how do we proceed forward out of this? Yes. Uh, and, and as well as, uh, really enter into any difficult conversations because I think, you know, we'd probably be, uh, we probably wouldn't be hitting this head on if we wouldn't have admit that, hey, this is, can be a controversial subject and a sure. controversial, controversial topic as well. And, and I think what, what I've really tried to focus on and, and with our leaders too is, is, hey, we don't disengage. We really have to engage in this. But, mm-hmm. but the only way that we can make mm-hmm. meaningful impact is to really just stop, put any personal feelings aside and listen. Mm-hmm. Because your experience is going to be different from my experience mm-hmm. or your history or your beliefs or mm-hmm. guidance that you've mm-hmm. been given or whatever. And it becomes you know, my job to listen to that so that I can figure out how to get the right facts mm-hmm. to you. So mm-hmm. I can figure out how to get the right facts to our community and such yeah. um, so that people can understand kind of what we're seeing mm-hmm. um, um, and we can figure out a path forward here together. So we know vaccinations are key. Yeah. And we know that people, uh, like you said, have concerns about the vaccine. So I guess a couple of things. How young can you be and get the vaccine? And then how safe is the vaccine? And how was it, uh, how was it developed? You know, what best practices, what history we're doing vaccines for, been doing vaccines for a long time. Yeah. So what, what, where does that kind of uh, lead us to with, uh, and going into school again with the children, with the vaccines and yeah. where, where can they get those? Yeah. So just speaking of ages, um, you know, you can be 12 years and older uh, okay. uh, from what the FDA has granted um, the use of the mm-hmm. Of all of the the vaccines um, can be delivered to 12 years in age, uh, 12 years of age and older, and they're very accessible these days. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter CVS or you know Memorial Hermann's website or Houston Methodist or St. Luke's. There's no shortage, you know, anywhere of of vaccines and such. Um, We were probably all hopeful that there would be that increased class of of Mm -hmm. uh, those that are younger than 12 down Mm -hmm. to a certain period of time before school started. I know I certainly was Mm -hmm. uh, as a parent. And uh, but they're not, and so we'll. Uh, I know that there's there's still trials and reviewing data and everything mm-hmm. like that, and, and all signs really point to that being approved and such. But uh, but you know, moving forward as far as the safety, you know, of the vaccines, because I've you know, I'll get articles sent to me all the time from from different things, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, just scientifically speaking, you know, like you said, the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Vaccines go back a long time ago. I think most of us probably got our vaccines as a kid and have the vaccine card. And, you know, most of us get a flu vaccine Mm -hmm. uh, every single year Mm -hmm. and such. And, you know, the vaccines, um, uh, really like the Pfizer, Moderna, those are the ones that came out the first Mm -hmm. and everybody was hearing about, really started utilizing a technology that... um, has been like 30 years in the making. Mm -hmm. So this isn't necessarily something that came out overnight. Like certain people have... um, assumed or, or read, mm-hmm. um, but there's actually a great article, um, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, one of their epidemiologists mm-hmm. uh, was involved in this 30 years ago and, and kind of put out this whole story as far as how the vaccines came to be that we have and how that they mm-hmm. were produced so fast and, hey, 
nothing like this could have happened unless there was decades in, of research and, and yeah. modeling involved mm-hmm. and such. And so, you know, again, me not being a physician or a clinician, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can read those articles myself, but my understanding of it is not that deep. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty technical field. Pretty technical field. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, but what I always have to go back to then is um, those physicians, those clinicians that that is their life's work and they mm-hmm. do understand that. Mm-hmm. And I've really, you know, in my life, I've always had to put my trust uh, in individuals um, in various ways mm-hmm. that I might not be the expert at. Mm-hmm. And I've just learned through this process that the vast majority of the medical field um, would believe in the in the science behind it, mm-hmm. uh, believe in the safety behind it. Uh, we've got millions and millions and millions of data points at this point in time. Yep. And then for me personally, you know, then it becomes like a risk mitigation strategy. Also, mm-hmm. is that you know. I believe that after you know, and learning the science behind it, that I am much safer. I'm much better off having the vaccine um, than going at it at, at chance. Yeah. I think you know some of the other questions that come up is is some of the side effects or, or some of those things mm-hmm. that people um, maybe some of the the heart issues that have mm-hmm. come about it and such. And it does get a lot of press, but I think then we always have to go back to the data behind it all. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the millions and millions and millions and millions of vaccines that have been distributed, mm-hmm. I think there's been 330 million shots here in just the United States kind of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the percentages, the actual percentages, the point zero 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 types of situations, mm-hmm. that the risk just far, you know, that the benefit far outweighs the yep. risk associated with those things, especially when you start comparing to what your risk would look like if you don't have the vaccine, which is why we're here today, exactly. which is uh, this sec- this is this pandemic that we're talking about and the latest surge and what's really behind it all. So safety of the vaccine, that's one of the concerns. <clears throat> uh, how safe is this vaccine? I know you mentioned the .0001, but yeah. what, what clinically have we seen uh, that someone could point to? I remember when this first came out, I, I heard reports of X number of people died from the vaccine early on. And then we found out, well, that wasn't quite the case because some of those that had uh, had passed were actually given the placebo. Yeah. So yeah. what is the, the statement on the, the <clears throat> safety of the vaccine? So I would say this, and, and there's probably, it's, it's probably too difficult at this, you know, for mm-hmm. me right here to just mm-hmm. start citing different and referencing things yep. like that. Um, but we would be happy to provide additional details around that. Yeah. But when you group everything together, mm-hmm. it, it just, the safety, the efficacy, you know, mm-hmm. is, is there when you compare about any potential side effects and things like and, that. And then too. when we look at kind of the proof in the pudding, just when we look at the Delta variant, and we had six people in Memorial Hermann in the Woodlands, what, three-ish weeks ago? Uh, about so, yeah. We were, let's call it single digits, single you know, four digits. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now yep. how many are in Memorial Hermann right now? Yeah, so we're up to around 90 right yeah. now. So yeah. around 90. Yeah. And, and most of the other hospitals are in the same boat. And same that's kind of where I say... Um, um, you know, our system as, as an overall yes. just continues to escalate and kind of where we're at is, is really around that, 
70% or so of where we've been at in surges, but those numbers are popping really, really fast yeah. here. Yeah, it, it's definitely a hockey stick. Type and of. the other health systems are in the same boats, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. mentioned you know the collaboration that exists um, yeah. amongst the healthcare environment uh, in our area. Uh, and you know we're on the phone together. We're mm-hmm. on the phone together mm-hmm. on Sunday. We're you know trying to yeah. uh, uh, compare and and uh, what's going yeah. on, making sure that we're seeing the same things here, and and how can we how can mm-hmm. we what actions do we need to take here mm-hmm. moving forward and such. So, what what else should we cover? What else would you like to let people know about? this Delta variant and what we should do? So um, I, I think really right now we all need to, we all need to be thinking about what we can do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by know, the, the way, we're in a different, wholly different position than we were this time last year when there wasn't a vaccine. I think the vaccine correct. started to be available, what, in November-ish last year, uh, December? Yeah, and you know, to you and I, to our yeah. age groups and stuff, really this calendar year. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, so when they came out, you know, yeah, I got December, mine in, uh, March and April, I believe. So, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Based upon age groups and risk factors mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, I think it's I think it really boils down to uh, what can we do? Yeah. Right. What can we do to take responsibility to flatten this curve within mm-hmm. our community? Mm-hmm. Um, and in quite, you know, in, in all sincere honesty and candidness, it's vaccines. Yeah. Um, and again, they're, they're readily available. They are out there. Um, how would someone, if they don't know how to get a vaccine, how would they go about? <clears throat> so you could either go on to memori- memorialherman.org, our mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great place. You could go on to the county public health's website. Um, mm-hmm. They have uh, COVID-19 um, uh, resource pages, mm-hmm. vaccinations where you can do that. Mm-hmm. There are uh, the CVSs, the Walgreens. You know, I kind of get Which asked, is a great advantage. Great advantage. Yeah. I, I get asked, you know, periodically, what's the what vaccine should I get? Yeah. And my answer is always the first vaccine that you can get. <laughs> Uh, but now people are, you know, in a position more to choose. And, you know, yeah. Pfizer and Moderna yeah. has two shots and mm-hmm. Johnson & Johnson has one shot. But just get the vaccine, you know, the first vaccine that you can get. And uh, But they're readily available. And then I think it also goes back to, you know, we are in a situation right now of, and we talked about this, how, you know, vaccinated individuals could be carriers and such mm-hmm. that, you know, some of those uh, some of those safety protocols that we had into place uh, mm-hmm. had in place earlier um, uh, in the pandemic. We really need to be reconsidering and mm-hmm. the masking and mm-hmm. the social distancing and things like that. And and you know, I don't know about you, but I know my calendar is super full yes. with community events as yes. we go into the into this fall. That's and, right. Uh, I say that facetiously because I yep. feel like I see you every Saturday night, you know, before <laughs> pandemic That's right. um, and such. Uh, but as I've kind of been talking within our own, yeah, it's we got to have plan A, you got to have plan B, yeah. you got to have plan C at this yeah. point in time. Because um, I really, I, 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 I would hate to wake up, you know, a week from now, two weeks from mm-hmm. now and things like that and, mm-hmm. and see us just worse off than what we were before. And yeah. so... I think it, you know, this this community is absolutely incredible as far as who we have been and, mm-hmm. and where we, you know, where mm-hmm. we're going, and and um, and there's nothing that this community can't face mm-hmm. head on yeah. uh, as as long as we 
take some sort of level of responsibility and figure out how to get it done. Uh, and, and so hopefully, you know, our time together and, and this yeah. information that we're sharing here mm -hmm. really helps level set some of the understandings mm -hmm. or, or raise some of the awareness and, and to make people think about, you know, what are we going to be able to do? How can we participate in curbing this and, and kind of flattening that curve? Montgomery County is what, at about 50%, I believe, fully vaccinated? With, yeah, with both. we are. Yeah. yeah, so about 50%. I so think it's like halfway there. 48 point four percent or Close. whatever you know yeah. um harris county is a little bit higher mm -hmm. uh we are um but even if we look around where the country is um those pockets that we have less percentages of the eligible population mm -hmm. vaccinated is really where we're seeing all of this that's the, the, yeah, the big the spikes citizen, and yeah. such yeah i had uh, an individual i was talking with the other day and um uh, they're in another hospital in the air, in another area of the country, and they're kind of feeling like we felt in June, right? Mm. It's like, okay, well, maybe mm -hmm. you know, maybe COVID is going to be that part of that disease that we live with. We always have a few, mm -hmm. you know, patients that we're always dealing with, mm -hmm. um, that we're always caring for, um, but they're not seeing the spikes that, that that we're seeing and such. And so, again, I kind of go back to. You know, it is our privilege and our honor to care for this community. Mm -hmm. We take that responsibility incredibly seriously. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to be having to care for people when we don't need to. Yeah. And the key is vaccines. And the key, and they're and easy the key to is get. vaccines and they're easy to get and, and such. And, and again, and if I you're would, 20 years old or 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, I, I would just encourage other, you know, others as well. I mean, any group that I'm talking with, you know, just reach out, like, mm -hmm. you know, give me a shout or, or do something. Um, let's just let the chamber know. We'll put you the, in place with yeah, somebody. Absolutely. Right. Just let the chamber know and, and mm -hmm. we'll get you hooked up. You, know, you guys have resources out, mm -hmm. the, you know, all over the place. So, uh, but that's, that's kind of where really kind of where we're coming from and, and wanting to make sure that we do our part um, to help flatten the curve and uh, take care of the community at the same time and, and allow us to keep doing what we do best here in this area. Well, Justin, I think that's probably a good place to end on. So okay. thank you very much for being here, and thank you for all that you do and all that your staff does. Yeah, our privilege. Thanks so much, J.J. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. Again, my name is J.J. Holly. I'm president and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. We'd also like to thank our production partner, Woodlands Online, for their help in putting on the show every week. So thank you for staying in, in touch with us and tuning in today, and we hope you have a great day and try to go get that vaccine. Thank you. <laughs>